Welcome to our PQ Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our program or download other podcasts, you can find us at www.pq.cz, on our Facebook page, or on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to our new podcast edition. Today, I'll speak with Oksana Sarzewska-Kravchenko, who is a director of Isolatia Foundation for Cultural Initiatives. Thank you for joining me today, Oksana. Thank you for invitation. Oksana, you're leading a cultural platform um, that was originally located in Donetsk region in eastern Ukraine. Even though it was and still is important for you to create projects and bring arts and culture to that region, uh, you had to give up your original Isolatia building. We, as Prakwadrenil, had a chance to collaborate with your platform for cultural initiatives on various projects, uh, taking artists and participants back to Donetsk and Mariupol as part of the Emergence Project. We learned about the whole situation with your original space located there, um, and I'm wondering if you can please tell our listeners what happened, because it is an important story, and it's putting everything you do into a clear context. Yeah, it's a very long uh, but interesting and encouraging story because it's not only about Isolatia like a foundation. It's more about people who are behind this foundation and naming because when Isolatia was founded uh, more than 10 years ago, it was only up to five people who were very eager to start something new and fresh in uh, Donetsk region. Because maybe you need to know that 10 years ago in Donetsk region, it was nothing connected to new culture. It was no uh, foundation who was working with uh, culture, with uh, young people, who was trying to bring uh, a new, fresh life to people. Donetsk region was a place where there were people with uh, not a lot understanding about culture life. It was old houses of culture with limited uh, culture life and uh, no spaces for uh, free meetings, no spaces for presenting uh, your vision of life or discussing how to move forward, how to be European, how to develop a younger generation, etc. All this was in uh, other parts of Ukraine, but not on the east of Ukraine. So let me just ask you, just to make this absolutely clear, because I remember a film that you sent us as part of uh, something that we were interested in exhibiting as part of the exhibition during Prakot Trinil in 2019. This film was incredibly, incredibly depressing, I have to say, because it was showing this truly very industrial landscape. And so I imagine that that's what you were talking about, essentially a very industrialized area with um, a lot of factories. Yeah, you're right, definitely. And uh, Donetsk was uh, one of uh, such cities uh, with a lot of uh, industrial spaces, with a lot of factories and uh, a lot of, uh, I should say, big, big factories uh, inside the city. And uh, for instance, Isolatia was originally, a lot uh, years ago, a big industrial factory with uh, around... um, more than 500 people working inside the factory, but um, uh, for the year 2010, it was not working already. It was closed, stopped, at, but all the facilities were 
existing, not destroyed. It was a big, huge space with more than uh, eight hectares of uh, the place, with a lot of buildings, old buildings, but uh, they were not destroyed. And then it was a decision by Luba Mikhailova, who was uh, a father of former director of Isolatsia factory, and uh, she was not living in Ukraine uh, for more than uh, 20 years. Uh, she became a foreigner, lived in different uh, European countries, and then uh, she decided to bring something like new life uh, in her origin city. And uh, she was inspired with reindustrialization of former uh, spaces, and uh, she decided to invite uh, or encourage other people and to use this uh, former factory as a platform, as a new space for encouraging young generation and building a foundation of Isolatia. That's why the name is Isolatia, because uh, the former name of uh, factory was the same Isolatia, it, and it means uh, insulation materials. But the second naming of Isolatia is um, to isolate in somebody from something. So you went from a factory creating insulation, essentially, to a foundation that was named by the building originally, Isolatia, meaning, though, being isolated from something. It can bring a lot of important information for people who are working with Isolatia, because for us, even at the first time when after establishing, we were never thinking about this double meaning. It comes a lot later when Isolatia was removed uh, from Donetsk into Kiev. And it was not our maybe easiest decision to be removed to Kiev and save the team, but it was no other decision uh, than even to disappear from Donetsk. Because uh, I need to explain that uh, Isolatia with our culture exhibitions, our programs, our events brought a lot of foreigners and new faces into Donetsk. And the place of Isolatia in Donetsk, this uh, culture space, became very famous and very strong for young people. And uh, we were discussing not easiest topics for Ukraine, and uh, in 2014, in the beginning of the year, when a lot of new like discussion were erased in the east of Ukraine, that Donetsk should be like not a part of Ukraine because uh, the people are struggling uh, from usage of uh, Russian language and that it was prohibited even and dangerous to Russian uh, uh, language in east Ukraine. But Listening to this news, we were very like shocked. What is happening? It's uh, no violence, uh, no information that uh, we can't use the Russian language, etc., etc. But we were trying as a team with our culture projects uh, to show that there is no such situation where the language should be tool uh, for the war. Because my family and the family of my friends, we were using Russian language, Ukrainian language, both. And we were very free and nobody comes to us and told us that we shouldn't use Russian or that we are not 
Ukrainians anymore when we are talking uh, and using we are talking uh, other language. It was something strange, but it was a big, big propaganda or brain washing for old generation, not young, but old generation of people. And a lot of people were uh, then voting uh, for independence of Donetsk Republic. And at uh, March and April 2014, Isolat was conducted a lot of events uh, bringing new speakers and explaining that uh, people shouldn't listen to propaganda, etc. And at this point of view, we were a very dangerous place for these people from so-called Donetsk Republic. And it was one of the reasons to destroy the place and to stop the freedom of expression. And it was so quick in developing all the situation. And even in April, it was not so dangerous. But in May, only one month after, it was so dangerous to be like in Donetsk and in June uh, Zoratsia was occupied and uh, then it was so quickly developed all this uh, like occupation people need to make a very fast quick choices about where they will to live on a free space to be muted and don't express their like human rights, etc. Isolatia should only remove because uh, we were so expressing our like position, very strong position towards human rights and people. And we were against this occupation, against this war. And uh, it was no other choice for us. That's why our building, our premises, our... Everything what we have with our culture pieces, which we are made with very uh, famous people, uh, famous artists, uh, all this will hold on a place. We can't take it with us, only the team. And uh, the major part of the team was at that time in uh, Kiev for some uh, event, and uh, nobody from that team ever come back or came back uh, till now to our home. So let me just quickly go over this again, because this sounds like this happened very quickly. Uh, What you're saying, when you say the older generation, it sounds like that there's been this sort of an undercurrent of propaganda that's been really trying to uh, push toward a conflict. So it was actually instigating some sort of a conflict among people within the region already. And from that, the conflict had risen up very quickly. So you felt immediately that there is starting to be a certain tension between people, particularly generational tension. And because Isolatia has been always um, sort of a beacon of this pro-human rights, free speech um, center, you felt that the tension is coming your way. And it sounds like that you had to leave all of your art within the building how quickly did you have to leave? Like, did you have a time to pack? Did you have time to move slowly? Or was it really just super fast? It was the morning when uh, armed people come to to the place, to office, and say that uh, they showed a piece of paper where it was uh, written that this building is already nationalized. 
by the so-called uh, Donetsk Republic and you need to free the space. You have uh, some minutes for packing your personal uh, stuff and leave the uh, space. Of course, nobody will say or fight uh, when you are staying with a guy who has arm uh, and uh, it was like a shock. Then when people uh, who was at the time uh, at the place, uh, they left uh, the space, uh, after seven days, uh, former director of Isolatia tried to negotiate via mails and via phones with uh, people who came and uh, tried to agree to uh, save some of the uh, library. Some small pieces of art uh, we were able to take with us, but uh, then it was a new decision from armed people that uh, nothing else we can um, take with us because uh, at that time Isolatia announced uh, uh, the, um, very broadly about this occupation, about uh, the violence towards the organization, etc. And uh, maybe it was uh, something which made uh, very angry <laughs> that people and uh, they stopped everything. A part of the team who was uh, in Kiev, uh, it was recommended to them not to come back. Very quickly, just for our listeners, explain the bottom of the conflict. What sides were standing against each other? You need to remember uh, the story of Ukraine that uh, in the uh, beginning of the year, it was Maidan in Kiev and young people were fighting for their rights, uh, for being European, and a lot uh, of young people were killed. And this situation was used on east of Ukraine like a, the second uh, additional or the first additional like uh, flaming uh, tool for showing the people that uh, we, like Eastern Ukrainian that we shouldn't be a part of Europe, that this is something dangerous, we need to be a part of Russian and uh, for all generation, like people who was born and lived all their lives. I mean, my grandmother, my grandfather, they were a part of Soviet Union. Maybe for them it was something very light and good and uh, something was good, something was bad, but they... You know, uh, our memory only keeps the best moments of uh, our lives and uh, our memory tries uh, to forget everything what was bad. And these old uh, people, even my grandmother, they were brainwashed uh, about the old style of Soviet Union, that the life was good, the worst uh, was very cheap, and now the life is so pure that a lot of people are without work, working places, uh, that we earn uh, so less money, we need to fight for their rights and try to be a part of uh, big Russia. And when I was trying to ask opponents, uh, like, how can you explain that it happened that the small part of Ukraine will become independent? It's a small, small part of Ukraine. And if you will be independent, how you will survive, how you will develop the economic, how you will cover the people's lives, from what sources you will be surviving, etc. And no answers. It was like nothing. I haven't heard any 
arguments uh, upon my questions. And uh, all this showed that it was a big, big game for a long perspective. When we are looking on a map of the Ukraine, we, we can understand that east of Ukraine is very rich for minerals. There is a Mariupol port uh, with all the connections to other countries via the sea. So if we can think about this on a very political way and prospective way, then you can understand why East of Ukraine was so important. It's not about people. If you'd like to learn more about our program or download other podcasts, you can find us at www.pq.cz on our Facebook page or on Instagram. What happened to the art? You left the art behind and the space behind. It was taken over by men who were armed. So obviously there was no arguing with them. Everybody left. Art is behind. The foundation relocated to Kiev. But what happened to everything that you collected in the meantime? What happened to everything that you had to leave behind? It was definitely a loss for us. Like mostly... All the artworks were destroyed. It was strange, but the most terrible thing was what was happening, not even with the artworks. The place was big with a good infrastructure, like a lot of buildings. Even it was a place when you can be saved even in time of bombing attack because it was old factory built in Soviet time and it was such kind of uh, practice to build such buildings uh, very underground uh, to be saved uh, when bombing. And uh, then we get the information that the territory of Izolatsia and Donetsk was used like a very terrible prison and it became a very known prison when people were tortured, some people were killed and in 2014, we collect the information that it was more than 100 people present in Isolatia. And then uh, for the next years, uh, the number of people uh, were different. Uh, for last year, we have no real information uh, because it's a very secret uh, information. But nevertheless, it is still existing. And people who survived and come back after Zulatze, they gave us a lot of evidences. You can't even imagine what was happening. The stories were so unhuman. And uh, yeah, because for me, sorry for telling this, for me, it's like very personal because uh, I could be one of the person who could be in that prison, maybe. Uh, because... I was director of a very big factory in uh, Horlovka. It uh, was uh, like 50 kilometers from uh, Donetsk. Uh, at the time, I was not a uh, full staff of Izolatsia, but uh, we collab- uh, our factory, Vetitai, collaborated with Izolatsia. Yeah, and uh, I was uh, informed by one of the security team from my factory that I have only 10 minutes to leave the factory in Horlivka, where I was worked, because somebody will come and will kidnap me because I was a director. It was a terrible time, really, not only for culture teams. 
And uh, that guy, he saved me. I have really 10 minutes uh, to leave the space and the city. And I was uh, safely brought to Kiev. Only me, without my husband. But then after one month later, the person who saved me, he was uh, kept himself and brought to another prison, not in uh, Donetsk, but in Horlivka. And for us, it took more than three months to free him. And it took a lot of like uh, real connections. We tried to uh, free him uh, via all our channels. I understood uh, what was happening in Isolatse. It was much, much worse than even what was happening with my friend. So that's why such places like New Isolatse in uh, Donetsk, they shouldn't uh, be existing. But uh, the most terrible thing is that uh, people from Red Cross from a human rights organization they has no access to Isolatia prison because it is so-called secret prison. Everybody knows that this prison is existing, but you have no access to this prison. And what does it mean? That if you haven't the access, you cannot check how the prisoners are kept, what kinds of uh, environment uh, they are. It means that no lawyer will come to you and save you. It is no human rights and you have no support. It's a place with no hope, essentially. Yeah, that's why we try and we didn't stop to speak about Isolatia prison because uh, we understand that only like speaking about this place, like showing the reality that this is not fake, that this is not fake story. It's not about like famous. It's about how to try to help them. And when people understand that this is a reality, the people who is kept in Isolatia prison, they have no right, no hope, no choice to be freed. That's why we are speaking about this. It's not easy, but we need to speak about this. And in this December, uh, together with the uh, Ministry uh, of Foreign Affairs and Ukrainian Institute, we started a big campaign speaking about Isolatia. It's not a shame speaking about this topic. And uh, people, like big, big people um, during Minsk uh, negotiation procedure, uh, they started already speak about Isolatia prison. They have this evidences. They have the understanding what is going on and they are asking other countries to start negotiate with Russia to close this prison. It's not about stopping the conflict between two countries, and obviously it will be for a long period of years. But even if we will stop the prison and will help to minimize such kind of places, it will be already a big, big achievement for all people who are struggle for human rights, for our lives, etc. I'm really grateful that you are speaking to me about this so openly and that you're telling me all the details that you know, because this is really hard to get to other people and, and really spread the news, let them know that this is happening. And I know that the reason why we are working with you is because your 
and the foundation's heart is with the people of the Donetsk region. Even though you are in Kiev, you are still continuing the projects, bringing back artists to show them what is really happening and what are the true stories of real people in that region and how difficult it is, how they struggle. And now, of course, this story of the prison, that's probably the hardest and the most difficult one for anyone to first believe, because it's just really hard to believe that something like this in this day and era is even possible, that there are places for people being locked up with no hope, that nobody can get to them, that the politics allows such things that people can be completely disappeared off, essentially, into some dark spot on the earth that nobody can access. Maybe I need to tell that uh, all this background helped our team to work uh, with difficult topics, with the topics which can help uh, to change the life in Ukraine and to bring a lot of inspiration and hope. It's not easy to find strongness in your brain and soul and don't give up and continue. because. After such kind of background, you could be either stopping or moving forward. And for us, we are moving forward and we are so thankful to be a part of so great project like Emergence because during this participation, we were trying to use all the like collaboration and show using our background uh, and our residency where we were talking about uh, conflicts. We were talking about uh, thinking the history and even uh, the already existing new history and building a uh, history of Ukraine. It's another kind of art therapy for people who were damaged uh, with some events which were happening in their life and uh, it was helping them to rethink and uh, like this was one uh, of other strong uh, like uh, inputs uh, from the project, which we are using, like talking about uh, isolatia history, about it, Ukrainians' future, and uh, the project we are participating. It's a good, uh, helpful tool for us not to stop as well. I can uh, talk about everybody, like every of our like um, events uh, we, uh, we had during the project, but these two, like uh, by Andrea Riedel and uh, then Alisa Oliver in Mariupol, they are m- maybe most uh, personalized by me because uh, you can find a lot of connections between myself uh, and uh, Izolatia part and a lot of other uh, people from East of Ukraine, uh, they can react uh, or strong react on uh, these events. And uh, talking about uh, Alisa Oliver, she was in Mariupol, in a place which was at first uh, kept occupied, then freed by Ukrainian army. And uh, it was everything rethinking during her project. And it's a strong uh, support for culture life uh, when we can collaborate in such projects we can speak not only from our side, but can find support uh, by other artists from other countries. We can speak on the same topic by other angles. I think 
Overall, we all agree that art can be a catalyst of positive change in all kinds of areas, as long as we keep talking to each other and continue doing projects. I am so grateful that you opened up about all of this. You told us so much about the real human situation in that particular area. And I think that we will definitely try our best to continue the projects that we have and uh, hopefully find some new ways how to bring more information and more art through all of our channels to not only our listeners, but also everyone who comes to Procodrenal. Thank you so much for today's podcast and we'll continue our discussion, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our program or download other podcasts, you can find us at www.pq.cz on our Facebook page or on Instagram.